out of your people. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Am I on bed? that kind of have an iconic ring to it and we're just taking that little tagline and using it as the prompt for our message for the day. So uh, our message for today is have it your way. Now, I have to tell you, if, if you know me well, if you've been a part of our church, you'll know that probably, if, just, if you could just ring in your mind what you think this message would be like, what you're probably hearing is somebody saying, you can have it your way at Burger King, but you can't have it your way anywhere else. But that's not the message today. I am not going to be a negative person today in the message. Um, this is not a negative message at all. Um, because what we want to talk about is just exactly that. You get to have it your way. As long as your way is God's way. As long as you're walking in God's power and under God's Spirit. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, you have some gifts that God's given. And you get to do it your way. And that's what we want to talk about today. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 4. And I'm reading, uh, again, for most of y'all know this, but I'm reading out of the um, ERB this morning. And it says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they are all from the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve, but we serve the same Lord. There are different ways that God works in people, but it is the same God who works in all of us to do everything. Something from the Spirit can be seen in each person. The Spirit gives this to each one to help others. Now, let me give you some context here. God is talking through Paul to the church at Corinth. He's not talking to the world out there. Let's make sure we understand that God hasn't placed some special gift in the lost person out there to be used in some way. That's not what he's talking about. Now I'm not saying that lost people don't have gifts. Maybe even gifts from God. Because everything is from God. And everyone has been created by God. And people might have gifts that God has given that will be used in the world around us 
in some way, shape, or form, but are they giving glory to God? Are they being used for His purpose? And the real key there is, one of the things we want to talk about today is the gifts are not necessarily talents. I'm not talking about that singer that moves you beyond, you know, just, I mean, they, they sing and your heart is moved. That, that musician that can move you with the music, can raise you up and drop you down by the, by the way that they write music. I'm not talking about the author that can write in such a way that they, they grab you with what they write and they move you emotionally. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. They can be used as spiritual gifts. But I'm talking about spiritual gifts. I'm not talking about talents that we have. As Paul in, in, in Romans, I mean in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, 13 uh, anybody know what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about? Love. Love. Okay. It's the love chapter. Okay. But if you really read through 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 together, you understand that that love is a spiritual gift from God to be used. And it's the greatest gift He's given us to use. What He's doing is He's talking in chapter 13... He's comparing it with all these gifts that he talks about in chapter 12. So the context, you've got to take the context. We always talk about it. Context matters to what the Word says. Now the reason I'm, I'm harping on that little bit right there is because I'm going to use a verse in just a moment that's going to be out of context. But it's going to be for application. You can take a verse that's not in the context of what you're talking about and you can use it for application if it's apl- applicable. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is not talking about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is talking about marital relations between a husband and wife. It's talking about how they're to relate to one another. It's very specifically talking about how they're to relate to one another in intimacy. So it's not talking about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 7 at all. But Paul makes a statement that I think we can apply to this message of spiritual gifts. And this is his statement, 1 Corinthians 7, 7. I wish everyone could be like me. But God has given each person a different ability. He makes some able to live one way and others to live a different way. Now what he's talking about in that passage under context is married folks, single folks, sexual intimacy, celibacy. He's talking about those things. And he's saying, I wish you know everybody had the same heart that I had, the same ability I have, the same gift that I have, but not everybody's the same. But what a great application to this passage. I wish everybody could be like me. I'm telling you, that is such a huge thought when it comes to spiritual gifts. You need to get a hold of it a little bit. Because here's what happens in spiritual gifts. We tend to want everybody to be like us. We tend to grouped together with people that are like us. People that differ from us make us uncomfortable. Now I'm not talking about theological differences. I'm not talking about people who take the Word of God out of context. I'm not talking about people that misrepresent the Word of God altogether or don't use the Word altogether. You ever been to a uh, we're, we're not, and for those that are online, this is not a, a shot in anybody or whatever. This, I'm just, we're not a, what you would call a Pentecostal church. It's just kind of not our bent. Have you ever been to a Pentecostal service? Have you ever been to a service that's, that's more that in line with that kind of, of, of teaching and that kind of spirit that's going on in the church? Now, now listen, you, you can't take the Word of God without knowing that those types of churches exist 
and they existed in that day. And whether your 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 take on the gift of tongues and all—I mean, we're not arguing any of that stuff today. But those services are typically a little different than our services. I've been to a few, and quite honestly, those that I was at, I was not uncomfortable in the sense of, boy, there's something wrong here. I was just like, I'm not used to this. This isn't normal for me. It, and, and, I'm, and that uncomfortableness made me less impacted by what the message was because I was thinking about the peripheral things. Let me give you an even better example. Several years back, we were doing some things here at the church where we were on Sunday afternoons, late Sunday afternoons, we were having a prayer time. We would get together and we would pray in a circle. And one week we decided that we would bless our neighbors next door because their service started about the time we were finishing up. And a bunch of us just loaded up and walked over next door to church. It freed them. And we walked in and went to church. And we sat over there. We had a great time except that, and I've been in church, Baptist churches most of my life. And we're in this Baptist church I didn't know a single song they sang. And I sat there and I thought, boy, how weird is this? And I focused on the peripheral for a while until I could kind of get my mind back to, that's not why I'm here, to be comfortable with what's going on. What happens when we're talking about spiritual gifts is when we come around people that have a different gift than we have, Sometimes we get uncomfortable with their giftedness. And we don't take a chance to really blend together and see how God wants us to work together to glorify Him. Giftedness is meant to work hand in hand. If this passage that Paul, and these passages that Paul talks about, one of the things he talks about in spiritual gifts, he says, if we were all a nose, or we're all an ear. Or we're all a hand. What would we be? Wouldn't it be kind of weird if you just had a one big hand? Kind of, you know, whatever. Look like one of those foam fingers at a football game. <laughs> you know. What we're meant to work together. Some of y'all are feet. Some of y'all are ears. But some of y'all are not the external things that we see, but the internal things that really aren't all that pretty, but they're really necessary. I, I got news for you. You could lose an ear. You might not look as pretty, but you'd function okay. Let me tell you something. You start losing some intestines, things get a little funky. You start losing body parts on the inside that nobody wants to look at, take some of those things out, you don't live very long. We focus on the external so much. Paul trying to get us to realize that there's a difference in us that matters. Now, I want to talk a little bit this morning about spiritual gifts. How you can live life and have it your way and still be the perfect way that God designed you to be and have the perfect impact in Keystone Heights and Fresh Start Fellowship and in the world around us being who you are. You don't have to be like everybody else. You can be your own little bent of weirdness. It's okay. And, and I say that because the truth of the matter is, if, you, if you're in a group of people and you look around and you say, you know, there ain't nobody here that's weird. You might be the one in that group that is. <laughs> because there's always somebody in the group that is. You, ever, you, know, you know, you get with a group and you always go, there's that one over there. And when you look around, they're all like, yeah, no, you might be the one in that group. Because we're all a little different from somebody else, aren't we? That's the way God made us. All right, I want to give you some thoughts today. Four thoughts about spiritual gifts. Number one, every believer has a spiritual gift. How many believers in the room? How many people are, are followers of Jesus Christ, been born again by the Spirit of God? You have a spiritual gift. 
I want to ask you a question. I don't need an answer to it, and we're gonna we're gonna skip past it pretty quick. But do you know what your spiritual gift is? We're gonna talk about that in a minute. But here's the thing: I don't want you to focus on your spiritual gift today. I want you to focus on spiritual gifts, not your particular spiritual gift. We're not even gonna do a thing today where we talk about figuring out what all the spiritual gifts are. That's not this message. The message is is designed to let you recognize that you have a spiritual gift. And if you don't know what it is, that ought to pique you right away. If you're not sure what your spiritual gift is, if you're not, I mean, if that didn't just jump to the forefront of your mind, if you didn't just say, yeah, I know, right? I mean, mine is this. Then you need to do some praying and you need to get into the Word. And you need to have some conversation with some folks that can help you determine what your spiritual giftedness is. Because if you're not sure what it is, there's one thing for sure, you're not using it. And God never designed us to not walk in these spiritual gifts. There's no such thing as a little believer without any gifts who comes to church and just loves God. Now, there's a lot of believers that think that way. Oh, I just love God, and I want to go to church on Sunday, and that's all. I I just want to come and gather, and that's all I want to do. That's not a spiritual gift. That's a command. Don't forsake this assembly together. It's not a spiritual gift that you show up and love God and come to church. (laughs) That's not your gift. So, so if, if we have spiritual gifts that God has given to each one of us, the Bible said up in, I think it's verse number 7 of 1 Corinthians, it said something from the Spirit can be seen in each person. Every one of us have gifts from the Spirit. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. God has shown you His grace in many different ways. So be good servants and use whatever gift He has given you in a way that will best serve each other. If your gift is speaking, your words should be like words from God. If your gift is serving, you should serve with the strength that God gives. Then it is God who will be praised in everything through Jesus Christ. Power and glory belong to Him forever and ever. Amen. His gift has been given to you. Do you know what it is? Are you using it? Are you aware that you have a spiritual gift and it's been meant for you to have to be able to use for other people and for His glory? Number two, God has a perfect gift for everybody. And it perfectly fits their lifestyle. Who they are. Your gifts are very unique to you. And they're very different from others. God didn't put a gift in you that's going to cause you to, to, to just totally you know, freak out and go crazy. Now, He might press you into some areas that you're not necessarily comfortable with. I'm not saying that everything you do is going to be easy and comfortable but God's not going to ask you to, to be a missionary in the Congo if He hasn't equipped you to go be a missionary in the Congo. He's not going to ask you to be a speaker if He hasn't given you the ability to speak. Remember the story of Moses and Aaron? Remember how Moses didn't want to go and speak? Moses was capable. He had a stutter. But God said, I can get through that. I can get you past that. I can provide. And Moses was like, no, no, I'm sorry. I can't do this, God. I can't speak, so therefore I can't leave. Finally, God said, well, let me just get Aaron. And I'll put Aaron over here. Now, God had prepared Aaron all along. And God knew what he was going to do. But how much did Moses miss out? How much did Moses miss out on what God wanted for Moses? 
Because he let something that he thought was going to disqualify him from doing. How many times have you stopped because you felt like you weren't qualified? I, I told the praise team this morning, we were, we were talking, we were kind of thin up here today because we got people out of town and whatever. I told them, I said, hey, y'all get ready because some of y'all are going to help lead up here on Sunday morning. And they were like, no, nah, sorry, that ain't mine. That's not what I did. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. I can't do that. Why? Because that's not really my gift. Well, no, what you're saying is I don't really feel comfortable with that. I don't really want to do that. Now, you may not be a singer, but is being a singer a gift? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That's what I'm saying is that we sometimes... We put these things in gift areas that aren't really gifts. And we don't take what God has gifted us with. Some of y'all have a gift of compassion and mercy. I'm telling you, when we get around some folks and they go through difficult situations, some of y'all today, your heart went so out to Zach today when we were talking this morning because you were hurting for Zach. Some of us like me were like, Oh well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Too bad. Because <laughs> I got very little mercy. That's just not my gift. And, you know, I've, I've confessed that more than once. It needs. I need to do a better job at it. But that's just not. I don't have that compassionate. You know, boy, I just man, I want to. You know, but some of y'all want to just go hug Zach this morning. Watch him, Zach. They might want to do it. But but some of y'all have that gift of mercy. Some of you have, have a gift of, of serving others. I, I think I look around the church, and it's one of the gifts in this church that really I see often. We have people that just want to, want to serve one another. They, they don't want any credit. They're background people. They just want to go do for others. I, I, I could list off names right now, but I want to do that. That's not fair. And, and, but but y'all know some names. Just People just rattle off in your mind right away. Some people can, can teach. We've got some good teachers in this church. Men and women both who, who have ability to, to take the Word of God and to, to, to read it and to take it and to pour it out to others in a way that communicates what God's saying in, in a way that, that speaks into their life. That, 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 that's a gift from God. We have at least one guy in this church that has a gift of preaching. Absolutely. That man can preach. If you were here last week, you got a sermon. He can preach. That's exactly who I was thinking of. That's a, that's a gift from God. Trust me, if you ask his mom and dad, that's a gift from God. That ain't Mark. It's some of the stories he tells, you know that's a gift from God. Right? We have gifts of leadership. We got, we got some folks that, that they're not up front waving a flag saying, hey, I'll, I'm a leader, follow me. But you watch who people follow. Because they've got a gift to lead. They're, they've been perfectly fit for that gift. Romans chapter 12, verse number 4 says, each one of us has one body. And that body has many parts. These parts don't all look the same. In the same way, we are many people. But in Christ, we are all one body. We are the parts of the body, and each part belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts. Each gift came because of the grace God gave us. Whoever has the gift of prophecy should use that gift in a way that fits the kind of faith they have. Whoever has the gift of serving should serve. Whoever has the gift of teaching should teach. Whoever has the gift of comforting others should do that. Whoever has the gift of giving to help others should give generously. Whoever has the gift of leading should work hard at it. Whoever has the gift of showing kindness to others should do it gladly. You ever thought about giving as a gift? Giving is a commandment for all of us. We're to give liberally, generously. Have you ever thought about those people that had a gift of giving? Have you ever met anybody with a gift of giving? My dad 
was a guy. That's the reason why it means that my dad was a, a man who, who had the gift of giving. I mean, he gave and gave. I, I don't know this. I did not personally know him. But I think the first pastor of this church probably had a gift of giving. Pastor Buddy, from everything I know, I mean, he would go around town gathering up stuff so he could go give it away. And he wasn't doing it for credit. He, but he had a gift to give to people. We all have a gift. Every gift that we have is suited and cut to us. And it's different from what everybody else has. Number three, a gift is an ability to do God's work. We're talking about a spiritual gift. I want you to focus on that. That's, that's the real key to this message. A gift from God is something that's going to help you Give you the ability to do the work that God has called you to do. Now, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think cutting grass is a gift. But having a heart to be out there in 95 degree weather and push a mower, not just for the money. Money's nice. But so that the house of God looks good, that could very well be a gift. It's a gift of serving. Zach is learning that gift. He still wants the money. Charles has got that gift. There's a gift. There's an ability to do the work that God's called us. You remember the, 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 the story of the, the property owner? Uh, it's actually Matthew 25. We're going to read a little passage from it in a minute. But if you remember that, that he, he's getting ready to go on a, a trip and he calls in three of his servants and he gives one of them five talents and one of them three talents and one of them one talent, I think it was five, three, and one. I, I don't remember for sure. Um, and he says, I'm going to be gone for a while and keep this stuff and make, make good use of it. And when I get back, we'll do an account. What, what's going on? And this is, a, this is a parable that Jesus used and it was a, a parable that he used to, to not only talk about investing in God's kingdom and, and whatever, but, but there were some things to look in there in that. Uh, it says in Matthew 25, 14 through 16, at that time, God's kingdom will also be like a man leaving home. Now, I want to stop right there. At that time. Again, the context of that passage. What is he talking about? Let's go back to Matthew 25, and look at the context of that passage real quick. Because he's been talking in parables. And in Matthew 25, he tells a story about the ten young virgins. Five had their oil, five didn't have their oil. He's talking about in the end times, before, right before God comes back. Christ comes back. He's talk, talking about in that, that time of, of place and that being ready, waiting. Now, the great part about that passage is that's effective for every time since Jesus left. He could have preached that message immediately a thousand years ago or yesterday, and it would still be true, and it would still be the end time because we're still waiting. We're just closer to the waiting than we, than we were then. So when he says... Um, that, that when we talk about this being at that end time, he said in verse 13, he says, so always be ready. You don't know the day or time when the Son of Man will come. Boy, that's an important verse. And then the next verse says, at that time, God's kingdom will be like a man leaving home. While we're waiting for the Master to come back, while we're waiting, being ready, waiting for the Son of Man to come. Understand that God's kingdom, us, God's kingdom will be like a man leaving home to travel to another place for a visit. Before he left, he talked with his servants. He told his servants to take care of his things while he was gone. He decided how much each servant would be able to care for. He gave one servant five bags of money, one two bags, one three, it was two, 
and gave a third one bag. Then he left. Who determined what they got? The master determined it. Don't be jealous over somebody else's gift. Yours is unique to who you are. And God's decided what you should have. Have you ever found yourself saying, well, I wish I could be more like so-and-so, somebody else? What a waste of time. Why don't you just be what God has called you to be? Instead of worrying about trying to be what you want to be. God has gifted you to do a work. God has given you by His design and His desire specific gifts. Some of y'all may be five bag people. Some of you may be like me and be kind of a one bag kind of guy. It's okay. One bag is just as important as five bags if that's what the Master gave you. Because the, the command was take care of the things while I'm gone. Take care of what you have while I'm not here. Are you taking care of the gifts that God has given you? Number four. All of your gifts come from God. When it comes to spiritual giftedness, they are all part of the grace of an Almighty God. This isn't something you earn. This isn't something you worked up. Back to that original passage we read in, in 1 Corinthians 4. Different kinds of spiritual gifts. They all are from the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve. But we all serve the same Lord. They work in different ways, different people. But it is the same God who works in us. Get the, get the, the, the content of what He's saying here. The intention. It's all about Him. His gifts that He gave. They're meant to do what? To glorify Him. Alright. Three applications. We're done today. Three simple applications. When you use your gifts, you deepen your obedience. We talked about this morning when we were singing about being obedient to God. Have you ever wondered or you ever felt like God was just kind of moved away from you? Times where it was a dry desert places and we need to pursue Him. Listen, you want to stay close to God. Use the gifts that God has given you. As you use these gifts, you deepen your walk with Christ. You deepen your relationship. You deepen your faith. What will increase your faith in a greater way? Seeing God work in the ways that He's working in your life. What will increase your trust in who God is? By, 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 by being a little bit of afraid to step out and do what God's called you to do. And, you know, you're kind of doing that little toe tap out there where, you know, let me see if it's strong enough to hold me. But you get out there and you find out God's right where He said you would be, He would be. He, he works in you. And what happens? Your faith is increased. You're, you're, you're deepening your walk with Him. And you deepen your obedience to Him. What, what is the one thing that God has called us to do. Obey. We, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The key to the Christian life is not having tremendous amount of gifts that, oh, I got a, I, I'm one of these, I got 19 bags of gifts. You know, I'm just important. No, it's taking what you have if it's one gift and being obedient with that one gift. Romans tells us that God requires stewards or managers of what He's given to be faithful. That's what He's required of us, to be faithful. He, he, he's not comparing Tom with Shannon. 
He's not saying, you know, looking at these two, you know, maybe Tom's doing a little more. Maybe Shannon's doing a little more than Tom. No. Shannon, be faithful to what God's called you to do. Tom, be faithful to what God's called you to do. There's no comparison. Man, I feel like I'm, I'm not doing much. Are you faithful to what God's called you to do? If you, if you are, you're going you're gonna to deepen your obedience and it's going to become much easier to be obedient the next time because your faith is going to grow and, your, and your, your relationship with God is going to grow. Let me tell you what else. Number two, application number two. You're going to have greater results in your service when you use your giftedness. You ever been frustrated? You're trying to do something for God? I mean, you just you see this thing, you know it needs to be done for God. You're trying to see it gets done, and yet God hasn't gifted you in that way. You get butted up against walls, you get frustrated, you get you get aggravated. You want to quit. Welcome to ministry. <laughs> Mark's laughing back in the back because we talk about that often. But I think sometimes. As the pastors, we need to we need to recognize this. You keep butting your head up against what is not your giftedness, and you're going to be frustrated. But when you walk in your giftedness and you do what God's called you to do the way God's called you to do it, you're going to have greater impact. You're going to see a greater influence. The work will be hard, maybe, but it will be completed. It will be done the way God wants it to do. And you will be encouraged. We were talking early this morning about encouragement in our reading time. This, this encouragement that comes from seeing something completed. Seeing something done well. Seeing something uh, achieved. Um, there, there's this innate thing in us when we do something and it gets finished. For most of us, there's a reward in the finishing that's internal. I, I, I talked to, to Zach, and we were talking about Mo and Zach and Charles. I talked to them, I talked to Charles one day. I don't know about y'all, but, but um, I love mowing grass because it's like you can see what's getting done. And when you get done, you can stop and go back and look at it and go, man, that looks good. That, that's finished. And it's, it's that same gratification that comes when you do something that you know God has gifted you to do and you do it well, faithfully. There's this, this internal kind of, yeah, that was done. It was done well. And there's this, this spiritual reward, I think, that, that settles in you and knowing that you were faithful to what God called you to do and you did it well. The results in the spiritual realm are God's. The glory is God's because He gave you the giftedness to do it. But there's something we get out of doing it. Have, have you ever had some a time when, when you just really felt compelled to share something with someone? Either the gospel or a word of encouragement. Just stop and pray for somebody. You know, just, you, you just, you're going along and all of a sudden it's like, man, I just need to stop and pray for them. And, and you do it. And, and maybe that person doesn't respond the way you thought they would or in the way that you hoped they would. Or maybe they do respond in a wonderful way. But when everything is said and done and all that stuff is done and it's just you back with God, there's this little thing inside of you that goes, yes. Because you feel good about being obedient to what God's called you to do. Now, I will tell you, you may not see the work finished, but I promise you, if you're walking in your giftedness that God has given you, you have laid part of what God is wanting to lay into that person. You may have just been laying a foundation. You may have been building bricks on the wall. Sometimes you're putting the roof on. It's irrelevant what part you're doing as long as God is at work. You may not see the end results, but God has an end result plan. 
We won't see those till we get to heaven. But one day we will. One day we will. Last thing. And I want this to be an encouragement, even though it's going to start on a negative note. Okay? If you don't use it, you could lose it. If you don't use it, you can lose it. Remember what happened to the, to the story that we're talking about? The, the, the men that were caring for the, for the money bags? Five, the guy took and invested. Three, the guy, or two, the guy took and invested. One, the guy said, hey, I know what kind of manager you are. I know what you expect of me. So I went and buried it, dug a hole and buried it and brought it back. Because I didn't want to take a chance of losing it. And what did God say? You wicked servant. You knew what kind of man I was. You could at least put it in the bank and earn interest, right? But you wouldn't even do that. What did he do? Took it away from the one. And he gave it to the one with five. Now, here, here, I want you to grab a hold of this. He's not talking about salvation. That's why we have to dig into the Word because you can't lose your salvation. Your salvation was not something you earned. It was God's gift. It's eternal. The Holy Spirit lives in you. But your gift, you might can take away if you're not going to use it. Now I have to tell you, I honestly believe this to be absolute truth application because I have seen it in people and I have seen it in my own life. There times I did not follow and God said, okay, let me just pull this off and give it over here. Now, here's the encouraging part of this. Because that part what The encouraging part of that is if you use it, and use it well, you might be given more. Okay? So, so understand the two sides of this. Yeah, you don't do anything with it. You just sit on your rear end. You live your life your way. You live however you want to live. Less obedient to the Spirit. You, you chase after this world and all its fallacies. And its stuff that's just passing away. You may lose. But if you run hard after God. If, if you become a, a, a wrestler with God. And you're not going to let go like the Old Testament saint said. He said, I ain't letting go till you bless me. If, if, you're like, if you're like Paul and you just keep getting up after they stone you and going back into the city, you say, well, I, I couldn't do either one of those. Well, just do what God's called you to do. But if you're pursuing God in your relationship and you're making time for Him and you say, you know what, I'm going to cut that TV show off because it does not do anything to... To build my spirit, my spiritual life. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna get up 20 minutes early and I'm gonna read today. And I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna turn the TV off a little early tonight and I'm gonna pray. Or I'm gonna spend a little extra time talking to my family or to my friends or to my coworkers about the things that God's called me to do. I'm just going to spend time with God and I'm going to seek Him. And you pursue Him passionately for nothing more than relationship with Him. Here's what I'm going to tell you. God will give you. There's, a, there's an adage, and this is a human adage, and it's, don't take this as being a spiritual adage, but it has application. Again. You don't find a man who's not doing anything to give him work to do. You find the busiest person you know. You say, can you go do this task? And the reason why is because a lazy man isn't going to get up and do anything. A busy man will find a way to fit it in. That's a human adage. But oh, what a spiritual application it has. You find somebody that's not pursuing after God at all. And they're not going to have much spiritual use. Not spiritual giftedness. 
They're not, they might not even know what theirs is. But you find somebody that's, that's hard after God with all that they have. And you're going to find that they've got gift after gift after gift for God to be using them because they want to be used by God. And they don't really care how. They just want to go after God. And God says, okay, you come after me and I'll use you in all these places. There's a, there's a quote, and some of y'all might even know who the quote is, and I can't tell you who it is because I just don't remember that kind of stuff, but it, it, it's simply this. It's yet to be seen what God would do with one man totally surrendered to His will. I don't remember who the preacher was that, that, that made that statement during a message. But just think about what that says to us. It's yet to be seen what could happen if just one person in this church, just one, would totally sell out to what God wants. And every one of us in this room Part of our mind says, yes, I want to do that. And another part starts hollering, but, but, but. But I have a family. But what about this? I have a job. What about this? What about that? It's yet to be seen. What would happen in the world around us if one man, one woman, would totally completely sell out to God. I think we have some indications in Scripture of some people who sold out and the world was turned upside down. Would it be to God that Keystone Heights would be turned upside down because one group, little group of believers decided that pursuing Him and the gifts that He's given mean more than pursuing life as we know it today. Father, I pray that You would encourage us through this message. Lord, there's a lot of arguments between people about what gifts there are, how many there are, how they're to be worked out. Lord, Lord, I, I don't really know all the answers to that. And to be really honest, God, you know I don't really care. What I want for me, what I want for our church, is that we would begin to pursue hard after you. In a way that, that maybe even makes us look odd in a, quote, Christian community. Because we want You more than we want anything else. And then God, would You use the way that You've gifted us to manifest good works to the community of Christ, to the lost world around us. And ultimately, Father, would You receive glory and honor from it. Lord, that's my desire. Help me to be surrendered to that desire. Lord, I pray now that you would bless this message to the hearts of those that have heard. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. Got anything, Mark? Yeah, nothing still, no midweek of any kind. We're still on hold with all that. I don't know how much you're keeping up with it, but... Um, Stuff still popping around town and popping around the area, and uh, we just want to be protective of that. So um, our next service back will be next Sunday morning here. Um, hopefully, maybe by next week, we might even have the coffee pot running again. I don't know if we will or not, but we may have the coffee pot running. I don't know if we have donuts running, but we'll have coffee pot running. I'll let you know by phone. Um, Tom and Joan Trout. Um, Tom and Joan are finally back home. Tom has been in the hospital for uh, rehab for, what, six weeks now? But uh, they're back home. You might want to give them a call if you happen to know them or reach out to them. They, I'm sure they would love that. 
Uh, Joan was actually in the hospital. I did not know that until we got a call last night. She was in the hospital for a couple of days as well. Her blood pressure was shot through the roof. So uh, be praying for them. Um, who else? Pray for Jenny. She's going to check on her knee and hip tomorrow. The doctor been having a little problems with it. Continue to pray for Ken and Lena. Good to see them today. Glad you guys are back up and around a little bit. Miss Lena's hurting today, though. I know she is. So you be praying for her. How's the family doing? Everybody back pretty much over everything? Good. Pretty much good. Good. Get them out of the way under your feet. <laughs> good. Um, anybody else we need to be praying for this week? Allison. She'd stay away from the donut. She wouldn't look that way. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I was mentioning to her. So next next Tuesday, I have another ultrasound appointment. So everything's looking okay. They keep telling me, which I told you they thought there was genetic stuff, and then that was fine, and they thought there were some other issues, and that was fine. Well, now they're saying the baby's not measuring where she should be. So they get to do another ultrasound. Like I just get to keep seeing my baby up on the screen. What, is this just like when they say it's not measuring where it should be? It's like it's going to be seven foot tall when he comes out? She's apparently which given all my kids that all came out eight, nine pounds, you know, so, but um, everything looks okay. They're just doing a little bit more measuring and ultrasounds than they usually would do just to make sure she's growing. I think she's growing just fine. Somebody's, somebody's got to be the run of the litter. <laughs> so, but if you'll just, yeah, just pray over okay. that. Um, and then, I don't have specific names, but like, uh, you know, we all came down with, with COVID again, and my, my parents have had it. And we're very blessed, like everyone in my family's been fine, but my mom, where she got it from, a couple of her friends, they've been in and out of the hospital on respirators, um, and they're, they're young. Um, so just, just prayer for some people that we know that are really struggling. Yeah, I think everybody knows yeah, somebody that, that's just sick with this stuff. So keep praying. All right, anybody else? Anything else? Have a great, great week. If you need something, reach out to us. We're not trying to bug people, but we, if you need us, please let us know. I'll be glad to send Mark over without a mask. <laughs> I love you. Have a great week.